The Evan Bray Show. The Roundtable of Justice. Well, thanks for joining us this morning. Each and every Monday morning, we give you the opportunity to uh, listen into a discussion that really focuses on justice, on community safety, on law and order, if you will, in our province. And we come at it from a variety of different angles. Sometimes we'll have a series of guests that will weigh into topics that are being discussed that week and things that are going on. Once we get through, for example, the inquest into the deaths on James Smith Green Nation, I expect that we'll have a panel come in on a Monday on the Roundtable of Justice and give us the opportunity to talk about it from a variety of different points of view. So today I wanted to look at, the, at, at a topic that often doesn't get focused on, and that's an area of, of effort that goes into helping keep our communities safe and helping solve crime in our communities in the entire province, but often remains anonymous for a good reason. Crime Stoppers is a community-based program, encourages, of course, public participation through anonymity where you can call in a tip on a crime. Maybe you've got a little piece of information that you want to pass along. Maybe you know who is involved. Maybe you know that that nugget that is going to change the way, the dynamic in which those police officers investigate. It effectively, and I would say efficiently, combines the efforts of public, media, and police to solve crime and make our community a safer place. And I've got three guests that are joining me today. A couple are in studio, one on the phone. On the phone today, is Brian Swidrovich, who is with Saskatoon Crime Stoppers Board of Directors, also the former Vice President for the Association of Crime Stopper Programs of Saskatchewan. Brian, thanks so much for being here. Good morning. Also, Kevin Bazandowski, who's with the Regina Crime Stoppers Board. He's on the Canadian Crime Stoppers Board as a liaison from Saskatchewan, so the Sask rep on the national board, and he joins me in studio. Kevin, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thank you. And Inspector Sean Fenwick with the Regina Police Service, who is for the Regina Police Service, the inspector in charge of Crime Stoppers, because, of course, in a police service, you've got this this independent entity, Crime Stoppers, that doesn't belong to the service. You need someone that will kind of be in charge of the area that does the investigative work into those and is a liaison with the board. And in Regina, that's Sean Fenwick. Thanks for yeah, being here. Thanks for having me, Evan. And I think you summed it up really good in terms of what my role is. Yeah. So we've got uh, we've got three experts in the province. So, Brian, maybe I'll start with this question. How many Crime Stopper programs do we have in the province of Saskatchewan? There's a total of five entities, what we term them as. So there's the provincial Saskatchewan Crime Stoppers, which is basically... Uh, overseen by the RCMP, and they operate out of an office in Moose Jaw primarily at this point, and uh, pretty much govern the, the the wide range around the province. And then we have locations in in Moose Jaw itself, Regina, Saskatoon, and Prince Albert at this point in time. So you know, I'm curious. The Crime Stoppers boards uh, are made up completely of volunteers. Kev, you're a volunteer board member with Regina. What prompted you? You're a business person. You've got lots on the go. Uh, what prompted you to want to step into not just board work but Crime Stopper board work? Well, it was it was a push. You know, when I was starting having a young family about three four years ago, you sort of think outside of yourself and you sort of think about how can I better my community for my children. What is my impact on the community? So we had actually had one of the past presidents, uh, Craig uh, Perot, uh, had left, and he went to another board, and I talked about my interest in joining a board, and he said, you know what, Crime Stoppers is a fantastic board. They're well-organized. They're doing some meaningful work in the community, and if you're looking for that impact and you're looking to contribute, 
that'd be somewhere that you should probably look to go. So with his uh, recommendation, I jumped on it and I was elected to the board. And uh, Brian, I'm going to ask you the same question. You stepped onto that Saskatoon board. Uh, what drove you to, to make this commitment to public safety? Well, back uh, in, uh, in my working life, I had fairly high profile in the community with doing events and productions and all kinds of different things. And, and I was asked several times and just too darn busy to, to think about it, quite frankly. But it, it's all timing. Everything's timing. And back in 2011, I was approached again. And I thought, you know, what the heck? Almost for the same reasons as, as most people, I guess, is you just want to contribute a little bit and, and do something to help keep the community safe. And once you have a family, you, you do have a different perspective on kids out at night, going downtown to the movie, playing in the park in the dark, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and it made an impact on me. So I'm going to go to you, Sean. I, you know, I always think it's an, it's an interesting and unique position when you're a police officer and you work very closely like you do with a Crime Stoppers board who have the same interests as you. You've been doing this for over well over a couple of decades now, police work in the city of Regina. Um, talk about what you see through the passion of these volunteers on the Crime Stopper board and really how they're so desperately trying to help you and the team do their work. Yeah, that's a really uh, good question, and I'm glad you asked it because it gives me a, a chance to recognize um, all the, the volunteers on our board and the incredible work that they do. Um, as you said, I've been doing this for, for over 20 years, and um, um, all the police officers I work with, are um, it's their job. They're getting paid to do this, and you know they, they all have a passion for uh, community work and, and helping people. Uh, but the people that I've uh, had the pleasure of meeting and working with on the Crime Stoppers board really gives you a, an appreciation for the volunteer work. Um, everybody's busy these days. And uh, when I hook up with uh, these folks monthly and sometimes more than that, um, I just really sit back and admire the passion that they have uh, for the community work they do, uh, the time that they give, the time they're taking away from their families. And, uh, and I can, you know, I can really tell that they do want to make a difference. They want to assist the police. They want to uh, minimize victimization and uh, they want to do the right thing for the community. So it's, it's really refreshing and it's uh, nice to be a part of. Inspector Sean Fenwick with the Regina Police Service. I'm going to stay with you, Sean, because I want to talk a little bit about stats. So understanding that we have Crime Stopper programs throughout the province, uh, Regina is just one of them. But let's talk about some Regina stats. Often we get hung up on them. And I know in years past, you know, people would say, ooh, the number of tips is down or the number of drugs that were recovered as a result of tips is up or down. You know, I think we can't get too hung up on, on the stats, and we'll talk about the reason for that in a second, but give us an idea of where we were for 2023. Yeah, sure. That's always a good question. And uh, um, when I talk about the numbers for 2023 and the changes from past years, um, it's also an unexplainable uh, why they vary a little bit. But let me start with 2023. Um, we had 771 tips received in 2023. Uh, of that, we made 18 arrests and cleared 44 cases. We laid a total of 28 charges. We um, offered $6,300 in rewards, uh, recovered $800 in property, and uh, that also fell into the same category with cash and drugs, $800. 
So uh, really great year uh, for Crime Stoppers. Um, anytime we can clear 44 cases um, is outstanding work. And um, I, I would say similar to the year before in 2022, where we had 715 tips. Right. Um, so if you look at the last two years, I've heard our Crime Stoppers board talk about this. Uh, simple math, it's about two tips a day we're getting. So um, twice a day, someone in our community is uh, um, logging on to the app, making that phone call or, uh, or the website and, and giving that tip. Brian, have you got some Saskatoon numbers from last year that you'd like to share? Yeah, for sure. I can go back. Even the comparison between 2022 and 2023 is interesting. Um, we only had a 26 rewards or awards approved in 2022, um, and that's down to 15 in 2023. So we actually went down a bit, but we have just over 2,000 tips come in, and in 2023, 15 rewards approved for about $4,800, and only five of those. 15 were actually paid out for $1,300. And that pretty much, that ratio holds true uh, from year to year. The people just aren't aren't uh, picking up their rewards. Which is always remarkable to me. Brian Swidrovich, uh, the Saskatoon Crime Stoppers board member that is joining us today, along with Regina Crime Stoppers board member, Kevin Bazandowski. So, Kevin, why do you think it is, Kevin? Why, why do we give out a reward? We announce the person is called in a tip. We tell them, thanks for your tip. We're giving you a reward for it, and yet they don't come and pick it up. It's a great question. It's an interesting one, too. The unfortunate part about uh, the anonymity of Crime Stoppers is we'll never know. So we have to speculate a bit. But I think there's a, a couple of categories of people who use Crime Stoppers. I think there's the people that are actually interested in collecting the reward, and they want to report the crime. But I think there's a great deal of people who are just interested in providing information to Crime Stoppers and the police to help solve crime, to help make things better. And the reward is not a big part of it. You know, the reward is what we usually, you know, advertise. But most people are just, in my mind, are wanting to better their community. And they want to use Crime Stoppers anonymity to do that for them. Because, you know, retribution is a real thing out there. You know, and if you're aware of a crime, you may want to report it, but you don't want anything coming back to you. So the picking up the reward, while interesting, is probably not the big driving factor for a lot of people. Right. Roundtable of Justice discussion is Crime Stoppers today. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'm going to start with Inspector Fenwick about why one year we could see $2 million in drugs recovered based on Crime Stoppers tips, and the next year we could see none. Uh, why is that, and how? what are the nature of the tips we're getting and how they're investigated? We'll talk about that, and we're going to give you a chance to ask any questions that you have as well. The phone lines will open up after 10.30. If you have any comments or questions that you would like to ask this group of Panelists, you're more than welcome to uh, to do so at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Crime Stoppers is the topic on today's Roundtable of Justice. You're listening to six fifty CKOM and nine eighty CJME. Thanks for joining us Monday morning at ten o'clock. Every Monday morning, we give you a chance to listen into a great panel of experts and talk about justice community safety from a variety of different angles and topics. And today we're focusing on Crime Stoppers, which has been doing an incredible job in our province for decades of supplementing information and providing further investigative efforts to police in the way of anonymous tips that come in. And those tips often translate to success 
from an investigative standpoint. I've got three guests that are joining me today. Brian Swidrovich, who is with the Saskatoon Crime Stoppers Board of Directors, also a former VP for the Association of Crime Stopper Programs of Saskatchewan. Kevin Bazandowski with Regina Crime Stoppers Board and is the Canadian Crime Stoppers liaison from Saskatchewan. And finally, Inspector Sean Fenwick with the Regina Police Service, who is in charge of Crime Stoppers for the RPS. So, Sean, we were talking about stats and how it can really vary from year to year. One year, you might recover millions of dollars in drugs and stolen property, and the next year, the number could be zero. But that's not a cause for alarm, is it? No, it's not a cause for alarm. Um, I think for us, Evan, the important part is that we are receiving those tips and we're still getting to a day um, we have seen fluctuations in the categories, um, as I mentioned before, with um, some years property and drugs being up and, and some years it's the cases cleared. Um, the important part for us is the tips that are still coming in. So, you know, the, the example of a, a huge uh, drug seizure, um, you know, might be just a tip that came in pertaining to an investigation that we've been working on and that tip kind of sealed the deal. And um, um, in in terms of drug trafficking, a significant uh, uh, seizure of drugs would lend to one year having that that number in that drug seized much higher than say property, where um, it might be a person who is uh, trafficking in uh, in stolen property, where we get that important tip that just breaks the case. Right. So, give us an example, Sean, of how they are investigated. Tips, every tip that comes in, uh, none of them just hit the shelf. There's always a level of investigation and sometimes it can yield a significant investigative process. Yeah, for sure. That's a good question, Evan. Um, First of all, there is three ways to report. Uh, First of all, there is the telephone number, uh, 1-800-222-TIPS. You can log on to the uh, website, crimestoppers.ca. And, uh, of course, uh, now we have the P3 Tips app, which uh, has been, I, I would say, kind of groundbreaking. It's uh, um, another way that we can ensure anonymity for the tipsters. And um, everybody walking around typically has a device. So we do have the app uh, that also gets utilized now. So um, now I'll speak for the Regina Police Service. We have a coordinator for our Crime Stoppers Tips. Uh, that coordinator is going to be the person who receives the tips. Um, and right at the very start of receiving those tips, there's a vetting process that, that comes into play where um, every tip's important for starters, but it's a way to start qualifying what kind of a tip is it. Uh, is it pertaining to drugs, property, crimes against the person, or maybe uh, something that's more along the lines of for our partners at Safer Communities and Neighborhoods Scan, where... Um, it's a house that's related to gangs and drug trafficking. Right. So it's about uh, sifting through the information, um, ensuring it's credible, and then directing it to through the proper channels and determining who would be best to investigate that tip. Now, not every tip is investigatable. Um, to prove and ensure the anonymity, um, if the tipster discloses that he or she might be the only person that knows this, then we have to be really careful with that information. And that Crime Stoppers tip is often not going to be the only piece of evidence that we have, but it's one building block. And where we find it most most beneficial is where we don't have many leads on this case, but 
that one tip that uh, can provide an identity or a location of stolen property might just be exactly what we need to start building our case where we can get to the end where uh, we clear that case, charges are laid, and properties recovered. Talking with uh, Inspector Sean Fenwick, Regina Police Service, about Crime Stoppers, including a couple of other guests, Brian Swidrovich with Saskatoon Crime Stoppers. You've been on their board for a while now, Brian. Uh, the process, I'm assuming, very similar in Saskatoon in terms of the investigative efforts. And we often see that's where the police really can bite into this this nugget of information that might be the one that they need to solve their case. Exactly. After every single board meeting that we have, there's a, a tip review committee and uh, a minimum of three of us board members would stay longer and review each tip, the uh, scope of it, how serious it is deemed, you know, deemed to be in our community, what the proposed reward might be for that particular tip. And then uh, we review also any of the arrests that have been made because of past tips. And so we spend quite a bit of time analyzing this stuff, and, and it's so interesting to see uh, the different, the, the whole total, total range of tips that come in here, from small community issues to uh, arson to guns and drugs, of course, gang activity and so on. We're going to uh, continue this conversation about tips in the Roundtable of Justice when we come back. In fact, Kevin, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to talk about funding, because I know that Crime Stoppers is... Uh, constantly having to do not only focus on the effort of providing a tool that can assist police in the province when it comes to solving crime, recovering drugs, holding offenders accountable, but the board of directors also spends a fair bit of time focusing on how are we going to keep this operation afloat and and do a very good job of it. And I think people will be shocked to hear the lack of guaranteed sustainable funding that Crime Stoppers operates with in the province. So that's what we will talk about when we come back. And we will open up the phone lines for you as well. So if you've got a question you want to ask anything to do with Crime Stoppers, Phone lines are officially open, one 332 8255 Shoot us a text, shoot us a call, and we'll uh, get you on with our experts today, and we'll talk more about the Crime Stopper programs in Saskatchewan when we come back on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. We're talking on the Roundtable of Justice today about Crime Stoppers, community-based program that really gives you an opportunity to weigh in on solving crime and giving those little nuggets of information, those those tidbits that could be useful in a police investigation and often yield great results. We've just been talking about that. Uh, my guests today include Kevin Bazandowski, who is with Regina Crime Stoppers Board, Inspector Sean Fenwick with the Regina Police Service, who is in charge of Crime Stoppers in our city, and Brian Swidrovich, who is with the Saskatoon Crime Stoppers Board, also former VP of the Provincial Crime Stopper Programs of Saskatchewan. And Brian, you've got some some numbers in terms of over the years, and Crime Stoppers has been in, in basically in place for about 40 years in our province, some impressive numbers in terms of the number of drugs and stolen property that's been recovered. Yeah, I think it's a, of interest to the community overall. Uh, since inception in Saskatchewan, and the, these are ballpark numbers, I didn't get specific, uh, we've had over 80,000 tips come in to, to the various programs. Over 7,000 arrests have been a result. Over 10,000 cases cleared. Over 5,000 charges laid. Close to 4,000 rewards have been approved by the programs. 
Uh, and interestingly enough, only about 1,400 of those rewards have been paid out. Uh, I've got a number here, 240, at the time, anyways, 245 weapons were recovered, 25 vehicles, and uh, over $35 million in property, cash, and drugs have been recovered uh, in this time. So these these stats are evolving all the time, but I think they're impressive. It lets people know that the Crime Stopper program is actually working. It speaks to the fact that it's working. It speaks to the fact that people, not only are people calling in or giving tips every year, but we've seen actually an increase in the number of tips. And Sean, part of part of the success of this program has to be the accountability that goes back to the people that, that give the tips from the police agencies. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, you know, last segment you asked me about what goes into an investigation. Um, I, I guess I'll just carry on and, and, and let you know these do take some time. Um, whether we're uh, corroborating some evidence or further investigation is required, it can take months. Um, so it's important to, to know that, uh, you know, for the tipster who gives their, their tip and they, they log on to the app to see if they're eligible for a reward, um, if there's no reward there yet, be patient. Um, we're, we're likely still working on that. Not every case is cleared. Um, however, we do have a true accountability and, and each officer or section at the police service who is assigned this uh, valuable information um, does have an expectation that in a reasonable amount of time, they're able to give it a disposition, whether um, um, charges were laid, uh, led to uh, further police information, or, you know, it was just cleared as unfounded. Um, every single tip gets one of those dispositions. So, um I just I needed to make that point to yeah. to know our officers are responsible. Every single time police services in our province do a media release on something, there's always that tagline at the bottom that if you have more information and can provide, you know, follow-up information that might be beneficial to the investigation, you're encouraged to do it and they always throw out crime stoppers as an option and of course focus on the fact that anonymity comes with crime stoppers. Is that a guarantee? Anonymity, is it an absolute guarantee? Yes, it is a guarantee, uh, without a doubt. That's what the program foundation is built on. So, um, you know, unless a, a tipster is willing to uh, share further information and, and maybe want to meet with the police in person, that would be their choice. But uh, the anonymity itself, unless uh, um, changed by the tipster, is always guaranteed. And so when when police or sorry when crime stoppers boards are talking about tips and information that comes in and even deciding on rewards Kevin um you don't know the information of the person you're just taking assessing the information they provided and basically how it was used. Yeah, yeah that's correct. We get very very little information about the crime itself or nothing about the tipster. So we're given a situation that you know on this date we solved a crime it was arson you know, it impacted us this route or we, you know, recovered stolen goods in this amount. And this is a suggested reward based on the matrix. So on the board side, we only see the crime and the result and, you know, are asked to adjudicate on it on a tip value from there. Right. So you mentioned the word matrix. So I was going to ask, how do you determine what tip size you get? Does it depend on the level of the crime that was committed? How, how is that determined? Of course, you know, uh, the tips range from $2,000 down to $100. And it's it's very much based on the severity of the crime and the style of crime. So, you know, if you're going to have a murder or a kidnapping, you're going to be towards the higher part of that, uh, the matrix. 
If it's you know a stolen property claim or if it's a shoplifting claim, of course, you're going to see a little bit lower on the matrix. So we work with our, our police coordinator at RPS and they sort of give us some suggestions. And of course, as Brian had mentioned, we sit down as a board and we sort of uh, discuss the crime and we just, you know, the impact of the crime and we discuss the reward that's appropriate. Kevin Bazandowski, one of my guests today, who is with the Regina Crime Stoppers Board of Directors. Brian Swidrovich uh, with Saskatoon Crime Stoppers. So I'm curious, do you see any trends in terms of what people are are reporting through Crime Stoppers? Is it is it trends in certain areas that you see, both from your level in Saskatoon, but even on a pro- provincial level? Uh, I, I would say the B&Es, <clears throat> B&Es and gang activity is picking up quite a bit, you know, as that increases, obviously. And the time of year varies a bit. When, when we've got 50 below, the everything drops below, <laughs> drops down a bit, including tips. Um, but uh, in my opinion, it's the gang activity, drugs, guns, uh, the more serious crimes. We, we don't get as many tips on the, uh, on the small end of things or the lower end of the scale at this point in time. So, Inspector Fenwick, question for you. Do police agencies use Crime Stoppers in a way, if you're talking about a crime, is it a way to stimulate conversation and hopefully drive someone forward that might have a piece of information? I think every time that that we uh, meet with the media or uh, or put out a media release regarding um, an investigation that we're in, uh, involved with, we always make that as an option for reporting. Um, you know, I can speak from some time in the major crime section and, um, in the first 48 hours, our investigators are, um, are, are working really hard to, to solve those. And, uh, it's one of the, you know, one of the first things we'll do in that first short period of time is, is, uh, check with our coordinator to see what information has come in regarding valuable tips for, you know, something as serious as a homicide. And, and I can tell you that, uh, those tips do come in. And uh, it's just one more little piece of evidence to help forward that investigation. Mm-hmm. But um, then on the other side of things, uh, you know, the less severe things like a, a stolen bike, for example, um, I can speak to you as a victim. Um, and uh, I, I want to let you know it's important that those stolen bikes are recovered too. And uh, we talk a lot about keeping offenders accountable. It means a lot to a victim when they lose their, their, their bike or their valuable piece of property um, in minimizing that victimization if they understand that somebody was held accountable. Mm-hmm. Inspector Sean Fenwick with the Regina Police Service. So funding, Kevin, you, you, it's, it's always amazing to me that Crime Stoppers, which is, I would say, instrumental in community safety in the province of Saskatchewan. We've got a, a proven track record in the province that Crime Stoppers is an incredible partner to policing. And yet there's no regular sustainable funding that you receive. How do you keep the business going? You know, we're, we're lucky. We've got a good support with RPS. We've got a good support with the Regina citizens. But the third pillar of that is, is our corporate sponsorship. We don't receive any government grants. We don't receive any government funding that we can account for on a yearly basis. The majority of Regina Crime Stoppers income comes from our golf tournament, which happens at the Wiscana on June 3rd this year. And then it's other corporate sponsors that, you know, are, are concerned about what's going on in the community and want to support us. So it, it is tough. It is one of the three pillars that we sort of go through as a board is, is finding that money so that we continue to operate every year. But, you know, we've had good support, but of course we could always use more. Mm-hmm. Brian, anything to add when it comes to basically the funding of the organization Crime Stoppers? Well, what I would say is a, is the pool, the nonprofit pool out there is, 
pretty big and pretty deep. And everybody's out there to raise funds for their worthy causes. And we're no different. So the approach that we've tried to take is launch more unique community initiatives. And one example was last last July, we brought the Canadian Forces Snowbirds to Saskatoon to a series of passes over the city as a salute to a safe Saskatoon sponsored by Crime Stoppers. And what that did is it drew out tens of thousands of people out into the parks and their backyards and outside the office and, and just to watch the team fly over the city. But the message was really pounded home. And uh, that lobbied some uh, significant interest on a few corporate people after that. So whether it be our, our uh, students speak out every year that we do, we're bringing students from across the city, which involves a lot of uh, corporate support. And the, the bumper sticker program you mentioned earlier briefly is uh, something I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about. The whole city of Saskatoon, all their vehicles, sport, crime stopper bumpers, the Crown Corporation, SaskTel, SaskPower, SaskWater, Sask Energy, provincially are uh, implementing the Crime Stopper bumper stickers. And I mean, that's important uh, to us specifically because there's a lot of valuable and worthy charities and nonprofits that would have loved to have that exposure. But, you know, unique exposure in the community is important. Dine and Dash, we're trying to dive into a Dine and Dash dilemma uh, these days and try and, com- try and combat that issue too. So all these different initiatives make a big difference in attracting more and more interested corporate people. Brian Swidrovich with Saskatoon Crime Stoppers. Kevin Bazandowski, back to you with Regina Crime Stoppers. You almost have, I don't know if it's two different audiences, but you've got the group of people that you're trying to um, have see the value in Crime Stoppers and donate money or sponsor, be a corporate sponsor. But then you've also got the audience that you want to use Crime Stoppers to call in tips. Is that part of the strategy when you're talking about reaching out to the public? It is. You know, we've got those two uh, different parties, and, and they tend to not overlap in a lot of cases. So our advertising and our outreach tends to be fairly diverse. You know, as has been mentioned, you know, Crime Stoppers will average, you know, advertise outside of cells, looking for people to to make uh, tips. You know, they're the ones who are aware of what's going on in the, you know, in the crime world. And then we have the other corporate sponsors that we're looking to, and we may put it on, you know, the, the corner of the ring road, you know, we might be ring road in Arcola. We're looking to advertise to the corporate sponsors. So we have a, a dichotomy there that we have two groups of people that we're trying to get our message to. And it's a, it's a very unique message for each of them. Mm-hmm. So when people look at crime stoppers advertising and the outreach, we're, we're definitely trying to reach two different communities. When you talk about advertising outside of cells, just to clarify, that's the detention cell block, basically. Um, and I remember the day that they showed up at the Regina Police Service with these great big wall stickers, and they put them on the concrete wall, literally outside of the cell door, so that the person that is sitting in jail, essentially, in the uh, facility, whether it's the Regina Police Service or out of the Correctional Center, you name it, um, they're literally staring at this Crime Stopper piece of advertising, which is, you know, essentially reinstilling the the value of the program and being able to provide this sort of information. All right, we're going to take one more break. When we come back, a couple more questions around the impact social media has had on Crime Stoppers and a good question from Cindy in Cardiff who texted in and said, hey, here's a question. How do you get tip monies to a tipper if they're anonymous? 
How is that done? We're going to talk about that when we come back on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Today's topic is Crime Stoppers on the Roundtable of Justice. Brian Swidrovich with Saskatoon Crime Stoppers, Inspector Sean Fenwick with the Regina Police Service, and Kevin Bazandowski with Regina Crime Stoppers. Kevin, here's a question I'll, I'll give to you. Cindy in Carndiff says, how are tip monies received by the tipper if they're anonymous? That's a good question. It's a great question. In fact, Cindy, it was the same question I had when I joined the board because you always hear it's anonymous, but you never really understand the process. Every process for every Crime Stoppers unit is a little bit different. Uh, in Regina, what happens is whether you call, whether you go online or whether you go through the app, you're assigned a tip number. So you may be given tip number 1313. Uh, you can track, like Inspector Fenwick had said, you can track how your tip's doing. When your tip has been successful and a uh, cash reward has been determined, you just take that tip number to a chartered bank or a credit union and you advise the teller however way you want, what your tip number is, they can go into a system, check that tip number against the amount of money that should be rewarded, and then simply hand you that money in cash. So you're never presented by anyone who understands what your tip is or who you are. And they don't ask for ID or anything like that? Your tip number, it's just like a locker uh, combination. You just walk up, you provide that locker combination number, that tip number, and you're awarded the cash and then you you're done. By the way, 1313 was just an example, so don't try that today. Uh, Inspector Fenwick, I'm curious, has social media had an impact on Crime Stoppers? Yeah, it definitely has. It's, I think, had an impact on everything in policing. Um, it's just another way to get our message out there. Um, we do use social media for uh, sharing our tips. Um, you know, once a week, we, we do have a different tip that goes out, so... You know, rather than see it on uh, CTV News, um, you'll see it on Facebook and uh, other social media uh, outlets. So um, it's definitely um, amplituded uh, the message uh, for for folks to see. So Brian Swidrovich, we only have about thirty seconds left. Do reenactments still happen? I know we we put these used to put reenactments on TV, and now we've got the uh, the ability to do it on social media. Is that something that is still done in the absence of video surveillance, for example? Absolutely. Actually, CTV in Saskatoon, uh, they dive in deep with this and prepare the reenactment plan. And uh, we not only air that on TV, but uh, also the social media program. And fortunately, Saskatoon was number one in the world for a social media digital campaign a couple of years ago. And uh, so it's been very, very effective. And the reenactments, it, that's how this whole program started back in 1976 was a reenactment. And uh, Crime Stoppers ballooned from there. Wow. And I know Clive Wayhill, former chief, former deputy in Regina, former chief in Saskatoon, now chief coroner for the province, was actually criminal Clive back in the day because he was involved in so many of those reenactments. He'd be walking down the street and people would go, hey, that's the guy that robbed the TD bank. As a movie star. <laughs> Poor Clive, that's right. All right, we are out of time. We literally have seconds left. Kevin, where can people find out more about Crime Stoppers if they want to donate or, of course, leave a tip? The best place, if you're if you're leaving a tip, of course, it's the 1-800-222-TIPS, which is 8477. The online, which is p3tips.com, or the app, which is p3tips. But if you're looking to contact Regina Crime Stoppers about sponsorship or anything else, it's reginacrimestoppers.ca. And the website in Saskatoon, Brian? Uh, we can just do an email, saskatooncrimestoppers at gmail.com and or go to the website, saskatooncrimestoppers.com. This has been really good. Brian Swidrovich, 
Sean Fenwick, Inspector with the Regina Police Service, and Kevin Bazandowski. Thank you very much for joining me for an hour, and thank you for talking about the great work that's going on in our province with regard to Crime Stoppers. Appreciate the time, Evan. Thank you. Thank you, Evan. Appreciate that. Thanks for having us on. We're going to be coming back in just a second and finding out what's going on today at the inquest happening into the murders that happened up at James Smith Cree Nation and the nearby community of Weldon. Lisa Schick joins us next right here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.